create a little bit of cushion for yourself just in case things take a little bit of a downturn and it's about acquiring the properties right. And that for me is one of the most important pieces when we acquire is have a little cushion to protect yourself. So if the market goes down, hypothetically, my property isn't underwater. You're listening to The Right Club Podcast, where the focus is all about helping you grow your real estate investment portfolio and live the life you want to live. Come grow with us and join our community at therightclub.com. And now your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi. Hello, Right Club Nation. This is Danielle Saint-Jean, one of the co-founders. Before we get started, I wanted to ask you a quick question. Have you checked out The Rock yet? What's The Rock? Well, it's the Right Club online community, a place where you can go to find your real estate investing and business answers and network with like-minded people. We have interactive forums, all the podcast episodes, and hours of videos with a wide range of real estate investing, training and education, and much more. It's free to join, so be sure to come grow with us at therightclub.com. Now, on with the podcast. Welcome to this week's episode. I'm Sarah Larby, and I'm joined today by my wonderful co-host, Francois Lantier. Welcome to the show. Hi, Sarah. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome. It is finally warm, and uh, I'm enjoying this weather. It's, uh, you know, it comes and goes very quickly, but uh, that's really all I need, re other than real estate. Some wine, some food, some sun, uh, and, uh, and some water. <laughs> and you're happy. <laughs> and I'm happy, so... But uh, no, things are good. And you know what? We've got a great guest today, uh, yes. Michael Ponty, with 20 plus years of experience. And he's out in Western Canada, investing in Alberta. And we talk about a lot of the um, downturns and downsides and, uh, and how to prepare for that. Great insights. I can't wait to, to share the interview with our listeners. Absolutely. And, and uh, Francois, what's new with the Right Club? So Right Club, what's new? Well, hopefully we're doing a bit more uh, growth in the West, Western Canada, uh, but our website, as usual, there's all kinds of new features. I went this morning, I saw some new functionalities. So make sure to visit therightclub.com and Marketplace. I saw some awesome off-market deals. So if your market is too hot, can't find deals, go to our Marketplace. Absolutely. Awesome. Right Club community, thanks for tuning in and let's bring in Michael Ponty. Michael, welcome to the show. How are you? I am great. Thank you for the opportunity. Great to be here, Sarah. Thanks to be here, Francois. So really appreciate uh, the opportunity to kind of share. It's awesome. All right. Very cool. Now, give us a little bit of background on, uh, on your real estate journey, how you got started in the first place. Oh boy, I might be here all night. So uh, like the reality is I, I've been start, I started actually roughly around 20 years ago um, investing in real estate. Um, probably similar to what a lot of people have or people have started is they just wanted to buy maybe one or two pieces of real estate. That's all they wanted and, and really didn't really know where the journey was going to kind of go. And that was me. I just bought a townhouse, was losing $40 a month cash flow, but it, because I didn't really know much, I'm like 40 bucks, that's not really much. You know, I have just one lunch I'm not going to have a month. And um, so I did that, started to buy it, and I bought my first property, losing money, but again, wasn't sweating it, mortgage is being paid down. And um, then all of a sudden, guess what? Market rents went up, and I noticed that, hey, instead of losing 40 bucks, money was actually going in my pocket. Well, this is interesting. And so I started to buy a couple more properties myself, 
and started to grow and got into kind of maybe five properties and like everybody gets into that position the banks say well that's enough for you sir and uh that and then starts to tap you out and, and as us as investors are like um that's not what we want we want to buy more and so this whole world of joint venturing kind of came in where there wasn't as much information as there is now and there wasn't there wasn't a detail so i'm kind of really trying to figure these things out and it started off with friends and family to begin with and started partnering up in some different deals now during this time i was actually working for uh, a company called dairyland or saputo which is a very large dairy company across the country and i was working like crazy, crazy hours, like insane hours and traveling two and a half to three weeks out of every single month, had two young kids. So, you know, it was, you know, the real estate side was just a side little kind of side hustle, but then it came to the realization. I'm just like, you know what, this could actually be something, right? And so I had to kind of make that decision and as do I want to go into real estate full time? Is that even a feasible idea? Or, or do I continue to run kind of almost two full-time jobs? And so we took a little bit of a leap of faith, which I don't encourage people to do right away. You try to keep your job as long as you possibly can because you need to qualify for your mortgages and stuff. But we did take that leap and it was hard. It was very, very, very hard. And, but if you want motivation, do that. Because if you got a family with young kids, that, that helps you motivate you really quickly that, hey, I still gotta put food on the table. and. Craft macaroni and cheese is probably not going to cut it for every single night. So it just did grow by osmosis. And, and you know, honestly, we started to kind of start to really scale the business, get into, um, uh, we were re really focused on more single family properties. Um, we, for myself, I've been investing in Edmonton and, and Calgary, where I'm based in Vancouver, and then started to kind of look at other different markets um, as well. So we're also investing up in Northeast BC. We've also got properties in Halifax and also in uh, Moncton as well, New Brunswick. And so we've really started to kind of grow the business. We're now much more and more focused on multifamily investing, but it was a slow road. It wasn't something that, you know, you know, it was something that I was trying to grow or buy 20 properties a month. It was about trying to make sure we're picking the right properties, not the wrong ones. And it's not to say mistakes were, were not made. There's lots of mistakes made throughout the whole process. Still makes still make mistakes today. And that's okay. It's part of the journey, right? But it's been it's been a fun journey, a long journey. Um, I've learned a ton over the way, but I think for to, to summarize kind of a, a long-winded answer, Sarah, it's it's really about. I just got started. I just began. I didn't really know what the heck I was doing to begin with. There was not a lot of that information. But what I did know is when when my eyes opened to what real estate was able to do as an opportunity, um, I took advantage of it and really just tried to really push it hard. And, and it wasn't until later I, I realized that this could be like a, a full time gig and a full time job. So and you mentioned lots of interesting things, uh, finding the right property. So what is the right property for you, if you don't mind expanding on that? No problem. And that's a, that's a great question. Thanks for asking that. And so for me, um, I'm a big believer that you make your money on the buy. That's just my belief. And, and you get people that will say opposite to that. And that's okay. I, we all do things a little bit differently. But um, as I referenced earlier, I've, I have invested in Alberta and Edmonton and I've seen the goods and the bads of real estate market. I've seen the cycle a few times, right? And, and the ups and downs where in markets like where I live and you know, Francois, we were just talking earlier, um, our markets have just gone up like 15, 20% per year. And, that, and we have a whole generation that thinks, oh, that's the way it works. This just continues to go up. Just buy real estate, it just goes up. Don't worry, everything will be fine. 
I'm telling you, the music does stop sometimes, guys, and it does happen. It is a very cyclical business. And so when, you know, we talk about learning, that was a very big learning experience is create a little bit of cushion for yourself just in case things take a little bit of a downturn and it's about acquiring the properties right. And that for me is one of the most important pieces when we acquire is have a little cushion to protect yourself. So if the market goes down, hypothetically, my property isn't underwater. Um, and uh, we've seen this both in Toronto and in Vancouver where there's been a pause or there's been a little bit of a decline and people are panicking because you know what, that this is not normal. We've seen this. Um, so for me, that's a real important piece. And the second one for our, for our business, um, and this is going to go against a lot of people back East and also Vancouver is I'm a strong believer in cash flow. And so for me, um, I treat every single property that I own as a business period. I don't care if it's a condo or a townhouse. And I use the analogy as imagine yourself buying a coffee shop, like a business itself. Would you buy a business that loses money every month? Okay. And nobody would, nobody, nobody would. So in the same breath, why would you do the same thing in real estate? It just provides that extra cushion. It provides the income side and it supports yourself in case a downturn happens. And I've seen it before. I've seen people just assume that rents are going to continue to go up. I've seen, I've seen the situation where the assumption that values are going to go up for only a downturn to actually occur. And now not only is their property now underwater, secondly, the cash flow that they were hoping to get or the negative cash flow now becomes, and I reference it as alligators. They're eating, taking money out of your pocket versus the other way around. So for yeah. us, those are two key things for us that we put a lot of attention and focus on um, that's helped us sustain times of challenge. So, Hey, Right Club Nation. We want to take a quick break from the podcast to introduce you to a longtime supporter of the Right Club and many members of the Right Club Nation, Mr. Dylan Suter of Elevation Realty. Dylan, take it away. Thank you so much for this opportunity. We, as Elevation Realty, are the sponsor for the real estate slot at the Right Club, and we have been attending since the second Right Club. We are an investment-focused, high-volume real estate team serving the Golden Horseshoe from Oakville down to Niagara. If you are looking to increase your cash flows or you want to find an incredible opportunity, we deal with builders, we deal with off-market opportunities, as well as we are very creative and negotiate the best deal for even on-market opportunities. We've helped a number of clients with the right club, find flips, single-family rentals, duplex conversions, three- and four-unit renovations, all the way up to large residential buildings with high cash flow. A little bit about myself, if you haven't heard, personally, I've scaled over 300 doors in the last two years, which has given me a ton of experience in analyzing all the deals that may come across my desk for you. So if you're interested in learning more, please reach out to us at 905-592-4220, or you can email us at admin at elevationrealty.ca, that is admin at E-L-E-V-A-T-I-O-N, realty.ca, and let's sit down and create your investment dream portfolio. Guys, and I have to say, I stand behind Elevation and Dylan. They found me. My last few properties have done an amazing job. 100% recommend them. So thank you for all your hard work. Now, back to the podcast. And that's huge. Even in hot markets like Ottawa, I'm in Ottawa. We were talking about before recording, Ottawa prices have gone up, up, up purchase price. But actually, rents have gone down in some parts of the city which is shocking. The demand is really high, but I think that demand has caused a lot of people to become owners and not tenants anymore, which is counterintuitive. But again, a lot of people were planning, I'm going to get 
X amount, well, no, you're getting $400 less per month now. So mm -hmm. it's a yeah. double-edged sword. Same with, I know Alberta, there's no rent control. So it can go both ways. Rents can go down. So yeah, that's, that's key. I'm so glad to hear someone else say it. Cash flow is king. <laughs> yeah, really it is. And I know Sarah does too. So yeah, it's, absolutely. yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, I think it's great. And Michael, you, you've given us like so much information and like we could, we can take this conversation in so many directions, but I do want to mm -hmm. go back for a second and, and add to what Francois was saying. And I think it's important to plan for the upside as just as much as the downside. And, you know, mm -hmm. there are market cycles, right? They're, they're going to be different in years. They're going to be different in severity and all that stuff and by location. Um, but you've been, you've been around investing for, you said the last 20 years. And so you've seen your fair share of, of different cycles. Can you share maybe the last one that you've experienced, what that actually looked like? And I don't know, like, I mean, it doesn't have to be that specific, but in, in terms of, mm -hmm. you know, uh, drop in purchase price, drop in, um, you yep. know, rents with tightening of the lending, uh, you know, lending rules as an example. And then what, you know, what that actually felt like going through. Um, cause I, I think a lot of, a lot of people think, like you said, they're going to, it's going to keep going up and up and up. And I mean, really ultimately, I think for the, like Ontario, I can speak for Ontario anyways, the last 10 years has been a piece of cake. Um, mm. and, and for those that are, are not buying on cash flow and appreciation, like, yeah, you did well right now, but it doesn't mean it's always going to be the case. Um, and so what, what can you share? Maybe just give us some more examples of like what actually happened um, the last downturn. And then you talked about a cushion, you talked about the cash flow, but if you can expand it and be more specific on like, what are some mm -hmm. recommendations that they can do to, to plan uh, ahead? Yeah, no, great question. And th that can go in so many different directions too, because again, we can be here for a couple of hours to be honest with you, but it's an excellent question. So thank you for that. Um, I'm, I'm gonna maybe reference the most uh, recent one. And again, it's Alberta, unfortunately, like they've dealt with now, we're kind of going now with the pandemic, the third kind of recessionary state in roughly 10 years, 10 and a half, you know, 10, 10 11 years. That's unheard of. Like, you know, we've had to deal with the 2008 recession. We heard, you guys may be aware of the 2014-15, uh, 2015 kind of oil crisis where Saudi Arabia just opened up all the oil and just flooded the market, causing all sorts of panic and issues. And the pandemic really, um, as we all know, it hasn't really played out as where we what even myself thought in regards to the real estate market it's kind of bizarre that the real estate market has gone on fire but there's still a pandemic there's still issues with unemployment there's things that we need to be aware of <clears throat> so i'm going to go use sarah's uh, the one that happened recently in 2016 okay because that one was probably much worse and for those that don't know than the 2008 crash in alberta much worse. And so what happened, we had significant unemployment, we had people leaving that marketplace, because at the end of the day, when people are not working, they still have to feed their families. Right? And what are they going to do? And so they go with where the jobs are. So we saw a massive exodus of people going out to BC, we saw people going out to back east in, in Ontario. <clears throat> So with that being said, you can imagine what happens to the rental market. You can understand what happens to the real estate market. So when you've got so much inventory, the only way you can differentiate yourself when you're trying to sell is price. So prices obviously go down and that creates that little bit of a snowball effect. So all of a sudden there's no buyers for the property. Well, what am I going to do? Well, I've got an idea. Why don't I rent it out? Because I can find tenants. 
Well, there's still not as many tenants as before as well. So guess what I have to do? How do I differentiate myself to get a good tenant? Drop the price. <clears throat> this is the snowball effect. <clears throat> and so with that situation, um, I'm gonna tell you right now, that experience and going through that a few times makes you guys, makes all of us better investors because you change systems, you do things much differently, but at the same time, you don't wanna go through that. So to kind of answer your question, Sarah, I'm gonna tell you right now, I was very, very, very fortunate um, that we came through that literally unscathed every single time. And it's because of the systems and strategies that we've had from day one is the equity. We had that cushion. So when prices did go down, even if it was an even keel of what we purchased it for, we were okay because every year mortgages being paid off. So we weren't so dependent on uh, appreciation. Um, when I do my analysis for myself, for my potential investors, um, I use the analogy of real estate as like almost a, an ice cream sundae, okay? where there's only a few things that we have control of. And so when I analyze it, um, the mortgage pay down is the ice cream. Okay, that's the, that's the foundation. I know I've got control. I have to pay that every single month. That, that I know is the equity. That's what I know I can provide as a return. The chocolate sauce and the sprinkles is actually the cash flow. That's again, something that I can reasonably marginally control. Okay, the appreciation is the cherry on top. Okay. Just because the markets are appreciating 10, 15% per year doesn't mean that that's gonna continue on. I have no control in that situation. So even in my analysis, I always budget like maybe 1% or maybe 2% because I don't know what it's going to be. No, none of us do, economists don't even really, really, really know. So it's better to under, underestimate some of those comparisons. So to kind of reference um, what kind of transpired, we, we had a lot of, uh, vacancy. That was the biggest challenge for us and, and everybody. But my goal was how do we attract some of the best quality tenants in the profile that was there? And this is where we started to change our marketing strategies, being very, very creative. And again, it makes us better investors. But for me, the properties always cash flowed every single time. And that was our saving grace is if I just bought specifically to market and what the market rent uh, to the market just to break even, it would have been a pain, a significant amount of pain. And we had people that were buying and I'll, I'll share a quick little story and, and I don't respect the time that we have, um, but it's one that's really important is we had this realtor that I know out there um, that, <clears throat> what's the right word? Arrogance, maybe the wrong word, but confidence. Had, 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 a high, had a significant amount of confidence that prices were gonna continue to go up and that rents were gonna go up drastically. And they were on a multifamily frenzy in a lot of cases and buying like crazy, just buying, 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 buying. And you know, they, this individual actually bought one of my buildings that I was selling and he paid premium price. I'm like, thank you very much, really appreciate that. I don't know how you're doing your analysis, but there's no way I would buy, be buying this property at that same price. Anyway. The assumption was prices are going to continue to go up. Yeah, it's not cash flowing now, but in a few months, we'll get there. I don't know if anybody's ever heard or said that before, but they will. They reference, it will come. We just buy it now at this, it will come because that's the way the markets have. It didn't come. It did the complete opposite. And there was an individual that bought multiple, multiple, multiple deals. Properties went underwater. Properties, cash flow just went significantly down. And it's not even so much the cash flow is when you're dealing with vacancies on top of that, it's like significant pain. 2016 for a lot of investors was pain. 
I mean, for a lot, a lot of, a lot of individuals. And so when you're not paying attention and buying right, and I, I used kind of the, the, the references, you know, we all have property analyzers that we're, we're, we're putting in our numbers and we, we tend to sometimes, well, if I just make this, you know, 2% vacancy or I make this 1% vacancy, I can get $10 a month cash flow. Let, let's, let's call a spade a spade. You are only fooling yourself at the end of the day. This is your investment. If you want to fudge the numbers, you, you're, not, you're not fooling Sarah, Francois, myself. You're fooling you. You know, it goes, it goes right back to you know, what you said, Francois, earlier. It's like, what are you doing this for? <laughs> so you yeah. know, understand, understand what you're doing this for to begin with and, and be real with yourself. And so if this market doesn't make sense, find another market. There's lots of markets across the country, states, wherever the case may be, just go with where the numbers are. So it's a long-winded answer, Sarah. And as you can see, I like to talk, but the reality is um, it, understand there is pain that comes along with it. Real estate is cyclical. The, some of the markets that even myself that I've lived in, it's, it, it's had a very long run, very, very long, long run. I'm not gonna say that we're gonna have a crash. I, I've been I've been questioning this whole run for years, but I've been so wrong, and I still and I truly I don't actually understand it. But it's it does happen, at, and history has always shown that you will see cycles. It's always to be better prepared, and the more you prepare for yourself, healthy reserve funds number one, big one. Don't just overspend uh, by buying more properties and spend your reserves. Make sure you have cash flow. I I, I can't enforce that one enough. And if you have the ability, I know it's challenging in hot markets. If you have the ability to find properties that have got a little bit of cushion, that those are some of the best ways to protect yourself in this game, for sure. Hey, Right Club Nation, it's Sarah here. I wanted to take a moment and talk to you about private money for mortgages. As you've been building your real estate team, it is critical that you have a good source of private money, both for borrowing, but also to lend out should you want to make more money on your money. Have you been perhaps turned down for a mortgage or reached your max capacity in your borrowing power? Or are you buying distressed properties to burr or to flip that may not initially qualify with a regular bank type of lender? Or maybe on the other hand, you have money that you wanted to loan out on your terms rather than making the measly percentages that the banks are offering you. Well, Private Money for Mortgages is actually a boutique mortgage brokerage that specializes in private mortgages for both borrowers and lenders. And Susan has over 25 years of experience in real estate investing and her brokerage specializes in connecting borrowers and lenders to one another. And she's got many solutions for you. She says, when the bank says no, we say yes. So reach out at one 800 9320437 or 519-342-7295 or visit privatemoneyformortgages.com and that's the number four. Right Club Nation, remember as you build your real estate portfolio, chances are you will come to a point where bank-funded mortgages are no longer an easy option. Or you may need a short-term loan for a first mortgage for a flip or a burr or maybe a second mortgage to consolidate debt that is when they can help by providing different types of solutions. And also as a bonus offer, Susan said, mention this podcast when you connect with her and her team, and they will cover the cost of an appraisal for you to a maximum of $500. So either call at 1-800-932-0437 or 519 
342-7295 or the website privatemoneyformortgages.com. And now back to the show. I'd like to talk about uh, your marketing strategies. So you mentioned you got creative. So I'm excited to hear more. Did you start offering stuff like perks to your tenant, housekeeping? Mm -hmm. Like what did you do to, to be special? Because I know price, yes. You don't want to be Dollarama. You want to <laughs> offer something else for the very best tenants. So what did you do? Yeah, like it's, it's a great one, Francois. And thank you for sharing, for asking that. Like, honestly, we, we had to take a step back and we had to kind of really go back and say, okay, some of the advertising wasn't actually working for us. So some of the old school mentalities are like Kijiji and, and, and other different platforms like Kijiji, Craigslist. Like we never did use Craigslist, but Kijiji was a big one back then. And then we had other marketing platforms. And then we had to go back and we're like, okay, we're not getting the leads that we once had. And why, why is that? And then we're starting to, we, we, we kind of stepped back and kind of had a, had a, a powwow with our group and just said, let's understand our client and our tenant profile and who they are, what's their age, what's their demographics, all these things. And we came to the realization that, you know, who we're targeting before is completely different than who we're targeting now. It's just a lot of people are much more on social media with Facebook and Instagram and all these different types of programs. And then this is where Facebook marketplace become like a big, big eye opener for us. And so we started to kind of create our marketing strategy around social media and then started to really build on a database associated with that. So um, what we did is we started to kind of, uh, um, so I've got our social media expert that's kind of really uh, doing a lot of this stuff. So we've got another link to another website that we have for just for marketing itself. So we actually internally, we have property managers, um, but what we've done is we've actually take the advertising in-house within our own company. So our property managers don't advertise at all. And what this does is I've got my finger on the pulse or our company has their finger on the pulse. So if a property manager says, um, it's been really, really quiet this week. I can say you got 10 leads this week. Tell me about Joe Francis and da, 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 da. And so we know exactly what's going on. Um, so to answer even further is we, we took the marketing on just to have more clarity to this, have more visibility. What are some of those key pieces that were really going to be attractive to those potential, potential, uh, individuals. So some of the ways that we did this. Um, so for example, we would offer a plasma screen TV. Sounds kind of bizarre. 42 inch screen TV, rent this property for 42 inch screen TV. Here's the kicker. You don't get the TV until six months, but you must sign a one year lease. Okay. Other things that we would do on the odd occasion is we would provide them with some type of a rental incentive. Um, that rental incentive would be half month's rent. That half month's rent will not come until month 12 of the lease agreement. So again, it's the way we've kind of spun our advertising, but try to create some of that attraction. But you gotta be really careful with that too, because if you gotta really think about it, who are the people that are really, you gotta understand the tenant profile you're also attracting in that particular segment as well. So again, it's about being creative. And I think the important message that I relay with you, with everybody is, in times of turbulence like this, you have to be paying really, really a close attention to what others are doing. So, you know, big companies, be it Boardwalk or Main Street, Main Street and some of these other really big facilities, um, they do some really unique things. We never followed suit with, with half of the stuff that they did because I thought it was a little um, aggressive. And my opinion was they're attracting a different type of tenant profile than what we were looking for. And so it's important to kind of balance that out a little bit. But the secret, the true secret to this is really to take control of our own destiny and our marketing. Uh, because what happened is people would be, say, say, for example, right now, right now, people are looking for properties to move into June 1st. 
that's what they're looking for. A year later, I know when that lease agreement's going to be coming up and we've got this database. So guess what we're doing 60 days prior to um, before the lease agreement comes up. We're starting to show out, show them ads and provide them with information about properties that we have available. And so that's actually reduced our vacancy to like nothing. You hear all these vacancy rates uh, like in Alberta significantly higher. Like I think we're running maybe not only like one and a half percent. We're really, really low, but it's just in regards to changing our marketing strategy. So it, it, yeah. in simplicity, you have to be you have to be creative now. You, you, it makes you a better investor because you need to adapt. It's not like the same old, same old, right? So, and, I, and I'm glad that you mentioned that. And, and Francois, that was a great question. So obviously bringing, oh. you know, the marketing in-house was a, was a huge piece. But I, I do want to add that you are investing in Alberta. You are investing in a market that is more landlord friendly. And you're investing in a market mm. that doesn't have the, the rent increase restrictions. But yep. I will say if, if, so me being in Ontario as an example and investing in Ontario, I want my tenants in and out in like three to five years or less. So when they tell me that they're leaving, I love that because I'm, I'm capped by how much I can actually increase by, you know, mm. it's negligible. It's like one or 2% a year, um, which is absolutely nothing. So when they leave, I can bump it up, you know, three, four, $600. Um, so I actually do want them to leave. And we have such low uh, vacancies to begin with that it's a different problem that we have, right? And, I, and somebody that's absolutely. listening to this, I want to make sure that they understand your strategy is going to be very dependent on the market. The market, as well as the landlord and tenant rules and, and laws and regulations. The other thing is, is if you do want to, you know, provide some incentives, I think the TV is a great idea. I was always thinking of like, you know, what if you, you want to boost cash flow or boost income and you offer rental items, such as a big screen TV, you want a washer mm -hmm. and dryer. Here's the, you know, there's this company called Easy Home and, uh, and they do everything on rental and I'm telling you, they make a mm -hmm. lot of money. You can be an mm -hmm. easy home landlord. I'm just careful that it doesn't, you know, tie into your actual lease. So you're going to have to do something different so that it's not part of your lawful lease because you don't want that to, to, to be the case as your example, Michael, of, of reducing rent. My opinion would mm -hmm. be we send them a check, a separate thing, not a check, but like maybe a gift card for that amount or something that like is separate from the lease because you don't ever want to be um, you know, writing any of that stuff in the lease for Ontario. That's what I can speak of. I can't speak of Alberta, but any thoughts on, on mm -hmm. market differentiators? Absolutely. And, and so to, maybe to add to a point, cause you, you brought this up is just so you guys are all aware, um, our property managers are definitely not myself. I'm not walking in the building with the 40 inch TV, just so you guys are well aware. That's, that's not coming to fruition. The, the size of the TV is coming in a card that's about this size, very, very, very small. And it's called Best Buy or something of that nature. You can get model number XYZ945, model number this, that's your 40 inch. You want to upgrade? Fill your boots. We're not paying for it, but you get a dollar amount of X amount, right? So it's all the way you kind of spin this. And to your point, Sarah, you're absolutely right. Every single market is very, very different in how you have to strategize. And that's the key is you, you got to be creative. As we all know, increases are happening in every expense known to man, we were just, we, you know, we had a session just yesterday talking about insurance. I don't know if you guys have noticed insurance premiums have gone up. Yeah. <laughs> like Big time. quite, quite a bit, like, like right. a huge, like huge difference. Right. So, you know, how do you make that up Sarah with 1%, 2% that that's not happening, right? Even in Alberta. And this is the funny thing is you, we don't have rent controls out there. Um, and, 
we're still not able to catch it up because again, it, the market is what the market is. It doesn't really matter. But how do you offset those types of expenses? So to your point, Sarah, it's just like, yeah, how do I make it, um, you know, for your particular situation, how do I make it almost uh, comfortable enough to be somewhat reasonably uncomfortable in some cases, right? It's, and so then you can get those turns in your building where for others, like if you look at Alberta, you almost don't want to have a vacancy because you know what, you have to just deal with issues where for yourself, you know what, you may be able to get that lift of 15, 20% per year because that's just the way the market is. And it's all about strategy. And so for example, when you're dealing with low vacancy, I'm not giving a TV. Like right now, there's no, I'm not doing TVs or any of that stuff. It's just, you deal with those things when they come. Discounting of rent, and, and I always reference this as kind of like a rent range. And so what happens is, you know, the higher the rent, the better quality tenants you're probably gonna attract, the lower the rent, the less quality tenant that you're going to attract. So when you're reducing your rent, you're not necessarily doing yourself a favor. All you're doing is attracting a different tenant profile. So just be aware of that. So that's why we keep the rents extremely at, at, at as high as we possibly can. But maybe there is that dangling of a carrot that kind of maybe puts that right over when they're comparing other properties. And that's what we're trying to do is, hey, listen, if, if our properties are all the same and I'm giving you a, a, a TV, for example, they're going to pick mine versus everybody else because there's a TV included. So I hope that answers your question, Sarah. But it's just like you, you do have to adjust your strategies. And then with what you're saying, it's sometimes it's not easy too. just so you guys are well aware. It's like it's you think you're doing the right thing, and, and but you do really have to stay close to the market when there's times of turbulence. Um, but when the market is extremely active and you've got high, high, um, um, high rental increases and low vacancy, what can I do to, like I said, make it comfortable to be uncomfortable a year later, if that makes sense? Yeah, no, it totally does. <laughs> so I'd like to circle back to something you mentioned at the beginning. So you have joint venture partners. That's something else as well that you need to keep your partners happy as well. Because yes, cash flow and all that, but your partners joined in, joined forces with you for a reason. Can you tell mm -hmm. us like how you structure joint ventures and mm -hmm. maybe kind of what you do around it? And yeah, for sure. So for in in regards to the joint venturing side, that's again it's a topic in itself that can go for a very long period of time. Um, and it's a question that I get a lot about joint venture partnerships, because a lot of people struggle trying to find joint venture partners to begin with. Um, but the reality is it's never the deal, period. And I can't enforce that one enough, regardless if the market is doing going up or down. People are investing in the individual be, behind the deal. And, and um, in that scenario, they really want to know that they can trust you with their money, you know, is, you know, Francois going to be going to Belize with my hundred thousand dollars, you know, that's, you know, I want to be able to trust Francois with, with that money. And so when you overcome that objection, first of all, which is the biggest objection, um, you can sell a property to any investor, as long as they trust you, you know, and I make the joke is like, you know what, my investors, if I came to them with a property that says, I'm going to be investing in Tuk Tuk Tuk, and I'm not sure if Tuk 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 is a good market or not. So just so well aware, but if, if, if I came with them, they would, they would most likely invest with me in this because they trust me 100%. And that was the key. And so the way we kind of work with our joint venture partners, and the, even though we, there's ups and downs in the market, and there's ups and downs in cash flow, this is a partnership. And with any investment, there's risk that comes along with it. The way to have a successful joint venture relationship is communication. And I can't enforce that one enough. And, you know, there's, there's uncomfortable discussions that we have to have sometimes. 
it's part of the business. It's just what we have to do. But the worst thing you can do is try to sugarcoat it or hide it. You might as well be upfront. And the more important thing is, this is the situation. This is what's going on. This is what we're trying to do to, do to overcome the situation and just have clear lines of communication. For, for, for a lot of our investor partners, it's just like, you know, what's the plan? What's the plan? And like I said, there's good things and bad things. All of a sudden we have vacancy for, for three months. Guys, guess what? Um, we're going to bypass on the cash flow this quarter just because we need to make sure we're maintaining our reserves because we don't know what the trend is going to be in vacancy. So it's better to protect our reserves and, and, and bypass the cash flow on this particular quarter. And uh, we'll see what happens next quarter. Happens just the way it is. But everybody gets it and they understand it. And, and so this is just part of the process. Um, and then so for myself with the joint venture structure, it, it varies, Francois. So again, it's, you know, what I do with our multifamily, it's a little bit different than I do with single family. And I'll be honest, I'm much more focused on the multifamily side, but I have my corporation um, that, that we have. And then when it comes to multifamily, we set up a separate uh, uh, corporation that owns the property itself and there's shareholders with that corporation. And then there's joint venture, uh, joint venture structure that goes between the two companies that I, I oversee and manage the property itself. The corporation that owns the property is really just more of a, it's an operating company, but the shareholders really have no involvement. And then in regards to share splits, maybe is what one of your questions are, it varies. It just depends on what, what it looks like, um, depending on the project itself. You know, we're working on a situation right now uh, where we've got kind of a flip on a multifamily where the structure is gonna be heavily more weighted of, on an equity stake to our company. Um, you'll hear people do 50-50, you'll hear people do 65, 35% to, uh, to the uh, real estate expert, 65 to the money partner. And you'll also see 60%, 30%. And there's sometimes acquisition disposition fees, all those different things, type of things that happen as well. The, the answer that I, that I tell a lot of people is, yeah, understand the structure, make sure that it's reasonable. But again, it's got to be fair and equitable for your money partners as well as yourself, okay? So I, I always say, be a little bit greedy because this is your business at the end of the day. It's got to make sense. <laughs> It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And sometimes people, you know, as real estate experts, like, oh, I just want to keep giving more money to my, to my money partners. I'm like, no, because you know what? It's a lot of work. Like think about all the stuff that you have to do, be a little bit greedy for yourself, but it's got to be fair and equitable to both sides. And if your money partner doesn't get it, you've got the wrong money partner to be really yes. honest with you. Right. And oh, again, no, that's yeah. a whole, whole different topic in itself. But the reality is that's, that's the way we like to look at it. We very, 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 very picky on the people we bring in for, for money partners and rightfully so. So as they're screening us, we do the same thing in return. It's extremely important to do this. So for those of you that are doing joint ventures, screen your money partners, treat yes. it like a marriage, treat it like a marriage, because in some cases you might be working with these guys for three to five years. Can you work with these people? So, Hey, Michael, just a question about like the screening. So, I mean, Francois has obviously done a great job. I mean, he scaled up really quickly as well. It sounds like you have with, with the JV route too. What are some of the things that you screen on or that you ask and you're like, this person is, you know, is someone I want to work with for the next three to five plus years or, you know, mm -hmm. not the right fit. Um, and this will be the last question before the lightning round. So, um, you know, feel free to, to share what you can. A lightning round. Now you're scaring me. So, okay. <laughs> um, I think that the, the, the things that I'm looking for is common goals. 
that's the big one is like do they align with what we're trying to accomplish do they fit exactly what we're trying to accomplish and so i'll use the example of this and i and i have believe it or not these discussions quite regularly is um somebody will reach out to me and say mike you know i want to invest with you and i'm like that's great so what what in your mind is a, a good return on your investment just kind of asking a really simple question like that and they'll say well i've got twenty thousand dollars and I would like you to turn that into $100,000 in uh, two years. And I'm like, that's fantastic. That's excellent. I can't do that. And when you find something that does, let me know, because I think I'd be happy to invest in that as well. So it's about reasonable expectations as well and, and, and being honest with yourself and the individual. And so if people are coming and coming into me and saying that, you know, a reasonable return where I think it fits exactly with what our threshold and where we're at, that's, that's number one. Secondly is um, I'm also trying to understand their, what their thought process is in regards to the relationship. Again, it's like a marriage. It's kind of almost that gut feel. And I'm sure many of us that were single or married, we always had our gut feel when we met our spouse or significant others like, yeah, this one seems okay. And then you also get your spider senses like, Eh, I don't know about this one, right? And, 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 and that's kind of the same thing with joint venture partnerships. And so for myself as a real estate expert, um, I am managing this business. I don't need 20 other people trying to manage my business as well. So, you know, if I've got somebody that's extremely high maintenance and they want to be fully involved in the process and they want to know, they want to get phone calls and emails every second of every day about every single expense, not going to happen. Let's just be honest right here. And, and, and that's okay. It's just not a fit for me. Somebody else might be interested in that, Francois. I'm not sure if that's somebody of your interest. No. But I've, got, I've got people I can send your way if you're interested. So that's, Or the that's split fine. would be different. It would be 10 for them, 90 for me. Then I can call exactly. you all day long. <laughs> exactly. So it, 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 it goes kind of right back to it. It's like, what am I trying to do personally in my business? You know, it's my business at the end of the day. And we you know we talk sometimes about um, team members, like your realtor, your mortgage broker and those. I look at my money partners in some cases as part of my team as well, my financing team. And do I align, does my team align with what I'm trying to accomplish personally? And in return, does it fit for them as well? So I'm trying to find commonalities. I'm trying to find that common relationship. And so when I go through kind of my questions of, of potential investors and some of the questions I ask you is, you know, again, what are some of your common goals? What are you trying to accomplish? What, you know, do you have capital to invest? How much capital do you have to invest? Um, you know, some of the things I don't look for is if somebody's only got $50,000 hypothetically and that's all they own, I'm probably not gonna work with them because at any point in time, they're one crisis away um, from saying, Mike, I need that money back. Well, as we know, real estate, this is not liquid, liquid, liquid investment. So it, it becomes a little bit more challenging. So it's trying to find that right fit that makes sense and it's, there's a lot of parameters that go along with that. Um, but the biggest one is common goals. And I can feel that like we can work close together. So I hope that answers your question. Yeah, no, sure. absolutely. That, that was awesome. Thank you so much, Michael. I mean, we can, we can have you back again and, and take the conversation in a whole different direction. And, uh, you know, there's, there's so, many, so many great nuggets of information that you've provided. So the next part of the podcast is our lightning round. So there's four total questions. Are you ready to play? I'm scared, but yes, go for it. 
This week's lightning round is brought to you by Butler Mortgages, Canada's number one mortgage brokerage three years in a row. If you need a great mortgage broker to help you with investing in real estate or to help you purchase your next home, reach out to Daniel Patton and Michael Zanzini from Butler Mortgages. You can do that by calling 905-569-8326 or toll free at one 888 m and check out their website, butlermortgages.com or by email daniel.patton at butlermortgages.com or michael.zanzini at butlermortgages.com. And let's go to the lightning round. <laughs> Keep your answers like just short and sweet, 20 seconds or less as much as possible. First answer yep. that comes to mind. So number one, what is the best advice that you have ever received from another investor or at a networking event? Best advice is um, always have clarity with your goals. Always like just stay, stay, stay true to that particular goal because that's, that's the end result of what you're trying to accomplish. That's everything's directed to that specific uh, objective and don't let, you know, stay true to that because all your investments of everything that you're doing is to try to achieve what you're trying to do. So laser focus. I love it. Uh, so second question is, what is your favorite real estate, uh, your resource for real estate investing? It could be a person, an event, a podcast, a book. Uh, um, well, a lot of the Don Campbell books were excellent for me. And I, you know, um, I was a former RAIN member and a lot of that old material that we've had back then, there was just some absolutely gold nuggets that I, still to this day, I go in back and reference for sure. So yeah, those, those are great books. I've, I've, I think I've read all of Don's books. They're all, they're yeah. all good. Amazing stuff. Yeah. Awesome. Well, question number three, in your opinion, what is the one attribute that has made you most successful? Definitely persistence and just persistence. You know what? You're going to have ups and downs no matter what. It's how you overcome those uh, obstacles that happen. Just stay persistent. Don't let negative things uh, hold you down. And, you know, we've had a lot of challenges. And so for us, we just push through stay persistent, stay focused to the objective of what, why we started to begin with. And that was the key for me. Excellent. So true. Uh, so words of wisdom, 20 years of experience as well. So I'm sure you're persistent. Uh, our fourth question, what do you typically do on a Sunday morning? Oh, Sunday morning. Um, you know what? The thing that I love to do is take the day off, to be honest with you. So usually my wife and I, you know, you shut it all down. And you need that mental break, no phones, no nothing, go out, have breakfast with my wife. And then there's usually an outdoor activity that kind of comes along with it. But it's extremely important to disconnect, including social media as well. Um, so I literally just shut things down for myself just to have that mental break. And again, be present with what's really, truly important um, and why we're doing this, right? So that, that Sundays is a real big one for me. Awesome. That's great. Michael, where can a right club nation or right club community reach out to find out more about you? Uh, sure, for sure. Well, I'll invite everybody. Um, join us on our Savvy Investor Facebook page. You guys are more than welcome to join. Um, very similar to what uh, Francois and Sarah are doing and providing great information to all of you. Um, we're, we're kind of almost a, an offshoot of that. And in, in some cases, we're happy to share, uh, provide a community and you can definitely reach me out there. Uh, otherwise, you can go visit our, our website, uh, www.prosperityinvestments.ca, which is my company name. But I do highly encourage you guys to join us on Savvy Investor and, and, and learn a little bit about what we're, what we're about as well. So, 
Amazing, Michael. And we always finish with this. Any last final words of advice? Yeah, I think, you know, at the end of the day, um, just enjoy the journey, guys. Like I said, there, it's, it's a process. It's not kind of a get rich quick scheme and it's not. And, and don't also, uh, you know, try to keep up with the Joneses. We see a lot of this stuff up in social media, people buying 20, 30 properties every single month. You know what? It's your pace. You don't have to be keeping up with anybody and just follow the stuff that follow the steps that make it comfortable for you. And, um, and like I said, it's a journey. There's going to be ups, there's going to be downs, stay persistent, understand why you got this to begin the why you started your journey to begin with and stay true to the process. And, um, and like I said, it's a fun process. There'll be days that you will lose some sleep, but you know what? I wouldn't change it for the world. So awesome. Michael, thank you so much for being on the show. That was awesome. Well, thank you for having me guys. I really appreciate it. Thank you guys. Thank you. Hey, Sarah. So how did you enjoy the interview? I think it was awesome. I mean, Michael's got a ton of experience, wealth of knowledge, and it's always so interesting to learn about different markets and, uh, and, and the ups and downs of what they've experienced with the oil and gas industry. I, I felt it in the sense that um, back then I, uh, I was working at Lavazza for coffee and our, our uh, Calgary market, our Edmonton market, like that market did horribly for that year. And it was the oil and gas industry. We didn't really feel it then. Um, but, you know, clearly their housing and, and their rental market felt it as well. But it was, it's interesting to learn and, and to, you know, get some insight on also the, the downsides and what happened and, and uh, you know, things that we should always prepare for. So it was, uh, you know, definitely super awesome to have Michael and, uh, and he's got tons of information. Like li literally we'll have to have him back on to, yes. uh, to talk about, you know, multi, we could have we gone in different directions. We could have talked about multifamily. I mean, JVs, we could have expanded on, I mean, tons of things. What about you? Yeah. So the 20 years of experience, you can really hear it in what Michael was saying. I'm like, wow, okay. I'm not experienced as, <laughs> as much as he is. And just learning from that and the different marketing strategies. It was interesting to hear how in a market where there was lots of vacancy, he did not have vacancy or much less. And he's found ways to mitigate the vacancy, uh, selecting joint venture partners. So I do a lot of JVs and I totally agree with what he said. So it has to be a right fit. So yeah, so much learning, so much experience. Uh, make sure to soak up all that information and apply it. Absolutely. Francois, great co-hosting with you. Right Club Nation, come grow with us. Thanks for listening to the Right Club podcast and joining our community of real estate investors online at therightclub.com, where the focus is about helping you grow. We look forward to seeing you again next week. Thanks from your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi.